Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Even though you feel like you know them, because let's say they have a podcast or something else, kind of just ease into the relationship and be very respectful and very mindful of their space and of their time. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Carlos Reynoso. Carlos is joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. He is a full-time realtor, investor, and general partner. He is an equity partner in a 240-unit syndication and is looking for additional opportunities. Carlos, thank you for joining us, and how are you today? Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm doing fine, and thank you so much for having me today. It's our pleasure. Before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. So I started real estate back in 1999, officially in Miami, Florida. I did some small fix and flips. And then after that, I decided I wanted to do a joint venture or I actually purchased five and six unit properties, multifamily. So I did that and I purchased my own multifamily. And then shortly thereafter, an investor kind of caught on to what I was doing. And we started a joint venture and purchased another three or four more multifamily units. Carlos, were you a realtor this entire time? Yeah, basically I started back in 99 in Miami, Florida. Yes, sir. Were you more on the multifamily commercial side or were you more residential? For the most part in my career, I've been residential and only in the past, maybe two or three years have I focused more on multifamily. So I was still selling single family, but I was purchasing small multifamily units as well. And then how did you go from doing this to becoming a GP in a deal? It's a great question. That's actually a drawn out answer, if I may. Um, Let's hear it all. I appreciate it. Awesome. I found out about Multifamily Investor Nation, which is Dan Hanford's group. They had an opportunity to be a co-organizer for one of their deals, just for the multifamily meetup, actually. And when I heard about that, I'm like, man, that's a great opportunity. I was looking to do something like that. And I found out about that through the Joe Fairless book, Best Ever Syndication book. And I need my own thought leadership platform. Along came this opportunity with Dan Hanford. And I said, here it is. It couldn't get any clearer than that for me. And I said, I'm going to sign up for that. So fast forward two more years later, and I've gotten a lot of social media presence through Facebook, through LinkedIn, and through the meetup. 
And what that has done, it's built that no like and trust thing. And it's basically catapulted my opportunities. And recently someone came up to me. This is actually my second opportunity, but this is one where the deal came all the way into fruition and we're actually under contract. And they basically said, listen, we're looking for a GP and equity partner on this deal. If you'd like, we'd like to give you this opportunity. And again, I jumped at it. I just saw a perfect opportunity to get my feet wet. Carlos, what did you bring to the table as a GP? That's an awesome question. So one of the things that I was able to bring was the network that I have. So on just LinkedIn alone, I have over, I want to say like 3,000 mostly investor colleagues. And of those, some will be property managers and others would be lenders and stuff like that. So that's one of the things that I brought to the table. The other thing is my partner was experienced with an investor platform as well. And he was able to help us out in the investor relation portion of it when it came to the website. And myself, I also have investor relation experience because basically that's what I've been doing for the past three years is contacting investors, reaching out to them and trying to get involved with them in the multifamily arena. Let's deep dive into that. You contact investors. What's your goal on that call? That's awesome. Yeah. So my goal really is basically to start a relationship with them. I'm looking for a long-term relationship where it's just not, oh yeah, let's do a deal. Then after that, I'll never talk to you again. And I've heard that sometimes that happens. But for me, being in the industry, as long as I have, I have a great reputation. And it started way back in my first year as a single family agent. And I've been building it ever since over 20 years in this industry. And basically that's the way I've done it is to talk to investors, let them know we have synergies. And if we have something in common where I could bring in my expertise, I also have negotiation experience as well. And I've been really good at that in the single family world. I was really good at that in my own buying and flipping single family homes. And I also did really well when I was buying those five and six units. So that's pretty much the way it came about. And do you match up investors with people looking for investors? And do you come in as a GP typically? Yeah. So as far as GP, like I said, I've had two opportunities. The first one, it just didn't work out. The investors were in another state. It was like kind of scattered. Everybody was in a different state. Some people were working a full-time job. So it was kind of hard to do everything together. And we did get as far as almost closing the deal. We got beat out from an investor group that actually was able to put the money hard on day one. And we're talking in excess of a million dollars. So at the time, the group was just getting established and we didn't have that experience to say, yeah, we do have the network and the net worth to be able to put a million dollars hard. And the experience wasn't there where we felt confident enough to do that. And then the second experience, this one is actually under contract already when I was brought in on the deal. When you get a group of investors together and you approach a deal sponsor, what kind of equity do you get as the person who brought the money? Okay. So I think it varies because in the previous opportunity, it was basically an 80-20 split. 80% going to the LPs, 20% going to the GPs, the general partners and the limited partners. And in this case, it's kind of like a, a similar, but it's a little different because it's kind of like a 0.4 of the overall or of the equity raise, actually, it's 0.4 of the equity raise. So it's a little different than what I've seen in the past, 
But like I told them when they gave me this opportunity is you gave me an opportunity to raise capital and to be boots on the ground and do everything I can for the deal. I promise you that I'm going to bring in not only the money, but I'm going to bring in the investors and I'm going to do my best to make sure that this deal catapults and brings the investors back the returns that they're looking for in the deal. You are a social media presence. You've got your force out there. How do you market on Facebook? On Facebook, it's something that I started so many years back that I kind of felt like one day this is going to catapult. And I'm talking about way back, I want to say like 2007 or so. And I just said, man, this is going to be something that in the future is going to be a great place to network and to market. And it's free. So at the time, I didn't have a lot of money for advertising. I was basically spending it on different real estate expenses and stuff like that. And then I was like, how else could I be able to market myself? And at first I was like, listen, I'm just going to do this with friends and family and I'm going to keep it tight. I don't want too many people here, maybe some recent customers and I'll build it out that way. And then one time I heard somebody saying, oh, you know, I'm doing all my marketing and I'm doing great sales on Facebook. And I was like, man, maybe I should really try to grow this. And before I knew it, I was just responding to everybody on Facebook I would comment on my post. I would reach out to them. And I went from like 200 total friends to 5,000 in less than six months time. I was like, that's what it's all about. Free marketing. And how did you do that? That's a monumental move. Did you just reach out to people that were in a similar industry, similar town? Well, honestly, I do want to give credit where credit is due. I've been a fan of this show, the best real estate investing advice ever show for many years. And I remember it was one of the best places that I would hear the podcast. And I even had the app before when I used to have Android. And that app was awesome because I could rewind, I could take notes. And I just remember all the time hearing, oh, yeah, where's the best place you can reach out to me? Oh, LinkedIn. Oh, my website. Yeah, reach out to me and I'll give you this and I'll give you this lead magnet. I'll give you the other. And I was like, man, these people are really cool. I would reach out to them. I would say, listen, I heard your podcast. I'm interested in what you're doing. So that was the main way that I was able to reach out to these people. Secondly, on Facebook, every time you post something, if someone engages you, you want to make sure to engage them back, right? And you definitely want to make sure that you let them know, hey, listen, I appreciate you liking my post. To this day, I still do that. Thank you for liking my post. Let me know if there's anything I could do. If either you or someone you know is interested in investing in real estate, Definitely refer them my way. And thank you so much again for liking my post and look forward to seeing more stuff from me in the future. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. 
Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. I got to ask you though, now that you've got so many followers, do you outsource that or do you do it all yourself? I wish I could outsource it. Right now, it's basically still me. In the very near future, I'm going to because I'm going to have to. It does take up a lot of my time, but these days I don't spend as much time as I used to, but I do post something, reach out to the first few responses and then get out quickly because I have people in the Philippines, in Japan, in China, in London, I'm trying to think Ireland. So we have different time schedules. So sometimes I got to turn off and make sure, because if not, like in the Philippines, they're 12 hours behind. So they'll be waking me up responding to my post. But as soon as I can, I'll respond real quick to the first few guests and then I'll come back out. So up to now, I'm still doing it myself. And that's great. The advice that I give people is, A lot of times, if somebody has no social media presence and they know that they've got to get on board, like, I'm going to hire a VA to do that. No, no, you can't. You have to put you out there. It's got to be authentic, at least in the beginning until it becomes overwhelming. But man, people need to know who you are. So do you put your personal information? Do you put all of you out there or do you keep it business? I usually give two phone numbers, my office phone number and my personal phone number. So yeah, I definitely give my business email as well. And to me, I'm transparent. I'm the kind of person that what you see is what you get. You either like me, love me, or hate me. There's not a lot of in between with me. And I'm just open like that. So I want people to know that I am transparent, that I'm authentic, and that I'm not trying to just sweet talk you into something. I'm giving you my true self at all times. So again, if you like me, great. If you don't, no big deal. It's kind of hard not to like me though, because I'm just so agreeable. <laughs> I'm not the type of person to argue with anybody. If you look at my post, anytime somebody posts something, the first thing I'll say is something positive toward them. And if not, I'll just pass on. I'll skip that post. If I don't think of something positive to say, but I learned that from Gary Vaynerchuk is always try to give somebody something positive. And also Buddha says, try to make the world easier for other people. And that's always been my thing. Try to make the world better and try to make people's day better. And that's been my philosophy in life. Yeah, I love that. And I agree, man. Putting yourself out there is important because when you're doing a deal with somebody that doesn't know you very well, or maybe a new investor, they're going to stalk you on Facebook and really try to deep dive into who you are. And that's how you kind of get to know people. Anybody that's hiring an employee is going to scour all of their social media to find out what's this person really like, are they just putting on a good front? So I love that. Now, LinkedIn is a little bit of a different animal. How do you market on that? And how do you get so many followers? On LinkedIn, I've learned again along the way. I want to say there maybe four years ago is when I really started to double down. And same format, really. I would see people that motivated me, that inspired me, that were doing the things that I wanted to do. And I would reach out to them and say, listen, I love your post about syndications. I want to learn more. Do you have like a website that I could go check out or learn more about you? That was one method. My first possibly two years, I wasn't really posting a lot on LinkedIn. I was more gathering investors 
and learning what was working for them and kind of just feeding off of that. Because I know Joe's a huge fan of Tony Robbins and I am as well. And he says success leaves clues. And I believe that. I believe if you look what people are doing and you see that it's working for them, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just look at what they're doing, model that, add your own little flair to it, but model that and you're going to be successful. So what I started doing after that is I started saying, okay, let me start posting. I started posting about the meetup with Multifamily Investor Nation and that meetup just let people know that this guy is not only learning, but he's also giving back what he's learning. As I learn it, I'm giving it to others. And I think that shows that transparency comes across and you can't fake that. You're either seeing the authentic me or you'd be able to notice, I don't know who that guy is, but he's not who he pretends to be. And I think you could tell this guy, he might be goofy. He might be funny. He might be new to this, but he is who he is. And that's one thing that I pride myself in being authentic at all times. And I love that. Thank you. You've got a busy schedule, man. You got the realty thing going on, investors, GPing, investing in other people's deals. How do you manage your time? It's a great question. I time block a lot. I try to set specific times for everything. And as far as the real estate, I recently resigned from my previous single family business, kind of leaving that. I was slowly transitioning away from that. And now I've decided I'm just going to hit the ground running 100% in multifamily and in syndications and in joint ventures as well. So that's helping me to focus more because I want to go all in in multifamily. And I know Dan always talks about one of his seven red flags is don't invest in a syndicator who's not working full time. So one of the things that I've decided to do is do syndication full time. So that's freeing up a lot of my time. But you obviously got to still make the money, right? So there's still deals that I'm doing, like smaller deals that are helping me catapult the multifamily side of the business as well. Carlos, are there ethical issues if you go to list a multifamily property? Are you allowed to buy it? My understanding is it depends. So as a joint venture, I bought my own deals. And honestly, even as a single family purchase of my own home, yeah, I was able to do both. In real estate, a lot of it is negotiations. So if you can negotiate into the deal, you could definitely do it. And I remember the listing agent, when I purchased my home, I said, I'm a principal in the property, which means I'm also, not only am I the agent for the buyer, I'm also, let's say, related to the buyer as well. And I remember they're like, you can't do that. That's not allowed. And this and that. And I said, listen, trust me, I had the experience. I'm like, not only could you do it, I'm going to do it. And I said, and if you bring it up again, I'll just walk away from the deal. I was straightforward like that because I knew where I was coming from and I felt like they were still trying to figure it out and understand how I could do that. But it was totally hundred percent legitimate and everything that I did was always by the book. And yeah, you could totally do it. Just make sure that you let them know up front and disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. That's the name of the game. That should provide you a lot of opportunities to find multifamily deals before they hit the market. Right. All right, Carlos, I'm going to push back on you for a second. You went from single family to multifamily. Why not keep going into other commercial, retail, industrial? There's got to be opportunities out there from both a realtor perspective and getting syndication deals. Definitely. So for me, I like to focus on one thing. And especially these days, because I've been doing so many things. And then I find that you're not dedicating enough time to one thing. And if you read that book by Gary Keller, and I think it's John Papasan, is basically focus on that one thing and be the best 
at that one thing. So that's what I've decided to do now is just focus strictly on that one thing. And in this case is multifamily. And there's people that do storage and everything else as well. There's definitely great profits there and self-storage. So I could definitely invest passively in those. But as far as myself, the properties that I want to take down, I want to focus strictly on multifamily, either as a syndication or a joint venture. You're heavily focused on your investors. How do you communicate with them? How do you keep them in the loop? So there's two ways that I go about it. One is a newsletter. Every time I do my meetup on the first Mondays of the month, I try to get an email out to them sometime before the middle of the week. So I have that monthly newsletter, plus the meetup is once a month. And then also a lot of times they'll reach out to me after the meetup and they'll try to schedule a time on my calendar to touch base and reach out to me. So I set some time in my calendar on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays to network with these investors and give them as much wisdom as I can share as possible with them. How many people attend your meetup? Right now, we're slowly growing. We've had anything from 24 to about 36 is the most we had. And we had 36 in person. So I feel that more people would come if it was an in-person meetup. But I like the virtual more because virtually, they all have their own pros and cons. But I like the virtual more because we sometimes get guests from Canada, London, Ireland, and as far as Japan and other places like that. So I like both, but virtual, I think it's the best way to expand that. So it's been growing virtually. Do a hybrid where the people that are local can come, and then you have an iPad in front of you where you can interact with your virtual audience as well. That sounds great. And let me tell you, I tried that once. (laughs) So I tried it once and I had to take all my equipment and like, you can't see it here, but I have a green screen behind me. I have lighting here. I have my desk. I have my microphone. I have an amplifier. And I remember taking that to the restaurant. It took me about 15 minutes to set up. I guess it took me a while to promote it. I was late in the game to promote the actual event. And we had more people show up virtually than in person. So what I decided to do is I'm going to do once a month in person and once a month virtually. But that's a great idea. It didn't work for me though. Yeah, no, I get that. How often does your newsletter go out? Once a month. What's included in that? Is it personal milestones? Is it just business? Is it industry trends? That's a great question, Ash. Seriously, you do seriously ask great questions. Basically, what goes out there is whatever happened in the meetup, like in this last meetup, I was telling everyone, listen, I'm super excited. I'm going to be a guest on the best ever real estate advice ever show. I don't know exactly what day it is yet, but as soon as I do, I'll send you guys out a little email. So look out for that. Other times, if I have a deal under my belt and I have a deal that's in the process, I'll reach out and let them know about the deal as well. And then anything that I'm doing in the past weeks or during that month, I try to let them know about that through there as well. And early on, when you started this networking journey, what are some of the mistakes that you made? The networking? Yeah. Early on, when you were trying to network with investors, what are some mistakes that you made that you can help other people avoid? One of the things that I realized is I would be sending deals out to these investors And either one, they weren't taking me too seriously, or two, they would get back to me and and say different things that I could do to improve. So I realized that I can't just send a deal to an investor and say, oh, here's a deal. Let me know what you think. They really want you to analyze the deal and kind of sell them on it. 
Because if you can't sell them on it, it means you're not sold on it. So that's one of the things that I learned along the way. So I would definitely recommend before you send a deal out to anybody, first and foremost, learn how to analyze your own deals. I still do my own analysis, but it takes me a long time to do it. So I have a partner who it comes a lot easier to him and he'll have the underwriting completed within a day's time. It would take me at least a week. So what I would say is the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it, but definitely analyze the deals before you send them to these investors and let them know exactly why you feel this is a good deal. Don't just throw it at them, digest it. And that way you don't waste their time either. You might be wasting their time by sending them a deal that's not even the kind of deal that they're interested in. So definitely analyze it, get to know the investor and what they're looking for. Take notes on that. So every time I talk to an investor, I'll look up, okay, such and such investor. Okay. They only want class A properties in class B or class A areas and nothing less than 28 million. So I know not to send them a class C property or nothing vintage later than the year 2000. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe. J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow up boss offers 
experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. What CRM system do you use to track all of that? Right now I'm using Active Campaign. It's kind of pricey. So I just started an active campaign, but before that I was using Constant Contact and it's pretty similar and it's a good way to make sure that your emails get read. And it also gives people a chance to opt out for whatever reason they're getting too much email from you. So that way your email is not flagged for spam or anything like that. Got it. Should people ask for feedback when they're sending out these newsletters, when they're talking to investors on the phone? Do you ask, hey, what, what can I have done better? Help me improve. I love that. Yes, I definitely think you should. If you don't ask, you won't know how they feel about it. So you might think, okay, they're just not receiving my emails. And you might go, oh, they weren't interested in my email. And it turns out that a lot of times people have so many emails coming in that they just never saw your email. And it's not that they're not interested. They just never got to see it. So I think if you reach out and say, listen, I sent you an email the other day about, let's say this investment that I have right now currently, or about the newsletter, or about this analyzing tool that I found out about, or a CRM I just recently found out about, then you're letting them know, and you're asking them, what did you think about it? Did you receive it? Any feedback that you could share? And then you could use that feedback later to then share it with other investors and learn so that you can perfect the art of your email. And then when you're sending out emails on properties that you're interested in gaining investors for, you kind of have it honed in already by then. What is some of that feedback that you've received? I've heard not so often. Listen, you send me a property that's a class B. I'm only looking for class A. You send me a property that's older. I only want the newer properties. Or you send me a property that's newer and it's larger than what I could take down. So if you can send me something 50 to less, stuff like that is what I've been coming across. And for the most part, people were telling me, I just didn't get your email. I I never saw it. So yeah, definitely send it to me again and let me take a look at it and I'll get back to you. So just always double check with them to make sure. Carlos, if you have an investor that's on the fence, they don't know if they want to do this. It's their first deal. What does that conversation sound like? It's funny. I was just listening to another podcast that Joe did with Brian C. Adams. Awesome podcast. I'm definitely reaching out to him today on LinkedIn. It was great. The tips that he was giving were so awesome. And again, this is why you definitely want to go to summits, listen to podcasts, read books, and learn as much as you can. Because you pick up these little golden nuggets, these little nuances everywhere you go, if you're open to it, right? And like Bruce Lee says, be like water be able to adapt to anything. And one of the things that Brian C. Adams was saying is before you even send a property out, ask the experienced investors, what did you like about your last investment? What was so good about it that you decided to invest in that deal? What are you looking for when you look for investment deals and get their ideas first? Then once you have their ideas and you've gotten enough ideas from these investors, then next time when you send out the emails, send it out to the least experienced investors first and ask them for their feedback. 
And what you're going to find is each time you're going to hone in on that skill and get closer and closer and closer to perfecting the art of sending out deals. And I think you're going to get better responses from the experienced investors as well. Yeah. And I love Brian C. Adams approaches everything just like Gary V from an empathetic approach. Learn so much from these guys. And it's amazing. Like I said before, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And if you know that success leaves clues and you see that these guys are having success, they've been doing it for many years now, don't reinvent the wheel. Just do what they're doing and give it your own flair, but do the best that you can with the information that you're learning over the years and take notes. I have copious notes. I always have one of these yellow pads with me wherever I go because I'm learning from everyone and you could learn from experienced people and you could learn from rookies and you could learn from anybody as long as you're that empty cup and you're like water always adapting to the cup, if you will. What's the biggest mistake people make when it comes to networking and growing their network? Okay. One thing I've never liked, and it goes all the way back to junior high. And I remember this, if I don't know the person, I don't want them to come across, oh yeah, we're best buddies. And hey, Carlos, how are you? It's like, hold on, let's get to know each other first before we get into that really comfortable vibe. So I think before you get too cozy with someone, even though you feel like you know them, because let's say they have a podcast or something else, kind of just ease into the relationship and be very respectful and very mindful of their space and of their time. It's a key takeaway that I think everyone should focus on. Love that. Carlos, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? This is an advice that I still give to this day. Definitely read books, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos. I have a YouTube channel if anyone's interested and go to summits, go to conferences, but just let these investors know your story, what you're all about and what you're looking to do. And you'd be surprised just how helpful these investors could be. Yeah. Real estate people are just incredible. I love that. They really are top of the line. Yeah. Carlos, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's rock. Let's do it. Carlos, what's the best ever book you recently read? Seriously, best ever real estate investing advice by Joe Fairless. I have it right here at my desk. It really is the book that catapulted me into the virtual meetup. So I definitely recommend that one. Could I recommend one more? Yeah, please do. Hunter Thompson's book on raising capital as well. Carlos, what's the best ever way you like to give back? Through this meetup, like I said, as I learn, I like to give not like a month later or two years later. The moment I learn it, I'm sharing it with my audience. My audience means a lot to me because like no man is an island. And as much as I'm teaching them and showing them, they're also kind of motivating me to keep it going and inspiring me that it's not a lost cause, but it's actually a blessing that I'm sharing with other people. And that's my best way to give back. It really means a lot to me. Carlos, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Best place right now would be LinkedIn. I am going to get a website soon and I'm working on a deal magnet. Basically, it's an ebook that I'm going to be writing about passive investing and raising capital. So right now they could definitely check with me there on LinkedIn at Carlos D. Reynoso on LinkedIn. Carlos, I got to thank you for joining us today, telling us your story from 1989 in Miami, doing some fix and flips to now just becoming a networking superstar. Thanks for sharing your story today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Best ever listeners. Thank you for joining us and have a best ever day.